Good morning. Week of Thanksgiving, I'm grateful. I live with that every day. So thankful for whose I am and who he is. And this morning, as believers, every day is Thanksgiving. I'm excited about being here this morning. It's, it's, it's a little bit like our wedding night. I was real excited, but I was still a little nervous. Jennifer and I had the privilege of being here one Sunday last February, and it was extra special because we came to Vero Beach and began serving here in June of 1985, and at that time, uh, Ed and Susie Lovelace were here. Ed was our worship pastor, creative arts, and Ed and Susie happened to be in town at the same time, and we sat over here in a row together, and it was just, it was just really a sweet time. But at that point, your platform, as I recall, had an old wood screen door, and above the screen door was a sign. Do you remember what it said? Welcome home. It just warmed my heart. It was such an invitation. And so I'd like to say it again this morning. If you're here today and you're visiting, welcome. If you've been here for years, welcome home. We trust that you find this to be a place where there is love and acceptance and forgiveness, a place to call home. Well, we are in this series, and as you heard pastors say that he's trusting to be back next week, but this series of the chaos in our world and that we can experience thriving in the midst of the chaos, pretty amazing, but there is a lot of chaos in our world. We understand that at the time that this text, which we find the first Peter, first Peter, we, we find that Peter was writing to a confused and discouraged young church. And in really experiencing significant persecution to the point of death, losing their their livelihood, losing their family members. So it was intense. But take that into the cultural context of our day, and we have some pretty significant issues today, don't we? And we're here this morning, thankfully, we still have liberty to worship freely, but we certainly know today, if you speak your convictions, you may experience cancel culture. You know that we have probably... The political landscape today is just a mess. We have racial tensions that are, in some ways, worse than they have been for decades. We have issues at our borders. We have inflation at a 50-year high. I could go on and on for a while. If you watch the news, it's difficult not to become depressed. But even more importantly this morning, I ask you, What's going on in your life? Are you dealing with chaos, personal, personal chaos? 
You may be here this morning, you've had a spouse recently say, I don't love you anymore. I I don't want to do this anymore. You may have children that are wayward or broken relationships, people that you care about where there is now an awkward divide. Maybe you have been confronted with the possibility of losing your livelihood and not being able to continue at your place of work. I don't know what it is you do this morning, but I have good news. No matter what your experience in life, the chaos in your life and the chaos in the world swirling about, we can thrive. We can overcome. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but be of good heart. Take courage. I have overcome the world. Amen? That's good news, folks. That's good stuff. I want you this morning to take your scriptures. If you have the Bible with you this morning or your electronic device, I'm going to ask you to make a declaration. Hold it up and repeat after me, if you will. I say a declaration because I want to kind of set the stage for what we're about to do this morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says this. And repeat after me, if you will. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we will be fully equipped for every good work. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be taking a look at chapter 4 in 1 Peter. And uh, I'm going to ask that if you're willing this morning, if you're willing to, to stand again in holy reverence to God's Word, would you stand and, as I read this passage? And as you're standing this morning, let me tell you what I'm going to tell you. Then I'm going to tell you, and then I want to tell you what I've told you. Okay? This morning, my objective according to this passage, which we're going to read, is to move you further down the road from being caught up in a consumer mentality to becoming kingdom co-laborers. Okay? Follow along, if you will, on the screens as I read 1 Peter 4, verses 1 through 11. Since therefore... Christ suffered in the flesh. Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you, but they will not, they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. 
For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh, they may, the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. For the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Would you agree with me once again in prayer? Father, this morning it is our prayer that your words be in my mouth, that this message this morning would serve to equip and edify your people. And above all, Father God, that you be glorified in our time together. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated. If I may direct you once again to verses 10 and 11, that's where we're going to camp out. Verses 10 and 11 this morning. Two verses, and I hope to lift right from the text God's word, four truths. You ready? Let's go. Right here it says in verse 10, as each has received a gift. Each has received a gift. You know, when you do an in-depth word study and you look at the historic Greek language and you look at the word each, do you know what it means? It means each. It means what it says. Each. We could say each and every one of you. If, in fact, if, if you call yourself by the name of Jesus, each has a gift. Following Jesus doesn't end, church, at that point where we pray a prayer. We ask for Christ to come into our heart, and we seek forgiveness of sin through salvation. It doesn't end there. When Jesus calls us, he calls us essentially to surrender all, to lose our life in order to find everything, in order to gain it all. The most common teaching of Jesus in the New Testament scriptures are, is that very concept of our losing our life to experience his fulfillment, his abundant life. Amen? Many show up for the show, but few show up for the serve. Take a look at what it says in 1 Timothy 4.14. And I'm going to try to see. 1 Timothy, it says, Do not neglect the gift you have. We're not to neglect the gift. Each, each has a gift. But Scripture tells us not to neglect it. You know, when we gather here, 
um, in this context, the sanctuary, I always like to call this the sanctatorium or the gymshuary, you know, because I, I recall years ago when we'd have a ball game in here, we weren't acting very respectful. We were screaming, go! You know, we were getting all excited. But here in this context, the chairs are all set up. There's a platform up here. It's kind of designed like a theater. You sit out there and you're spectators, right? And there's a danger there. It can enable us to sometimes just come week in and week out, sit and listen, take in, receive. But we have a gift. Each has a gift. The intended side effect is that we may come and pray and pay and essentially stay out of the way. But there's more to it than that. Christ calls us. He calls us to lose our life, to find everything. Let me make note here this morning that if you're here this morning and you've not yet made a profession of faith. You may be here this morning at the invitation of a friend. You may be watching online. You may simply say, I'm curious. I'm a seeker. But you've not yet made that declaration in your life. Then understand that Peter is not writing to that audience. He's not writing to the people who have not yet said yes to Jesus. But if you're here this morning as part of the church... This is definitely for you. But I do want to say to that individual, those individuals here this morning that may not be there at this stage, but curious, I want to say, the one who created you, who loves you most, has the very best intentions to make your life absolutely awesome. Amen? But understand here, too, that the gifts are for those who come into that relationship the Holy Spirit specifically and supernaturally encounters us at that point of coming into a relationship with Christ where there is a gift or gifts for the purpose of benefiting the body. If you would look at um, Ephesians 2, 8, uh, 9, and 10, it says, I'm going to see this a little better over here if I may. I'm looking in the bright lights. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ. Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What that verse reinforces for us is that it's not in something that we do by a determination or our own will. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's recognizing that we submit to Christ to turn over a new life in Him. So with that, this morning, let's go back to the beginning. Each has a gift. Would you agree with that? It's right there in the text. Look with me, if you will, to the second portion of verse 10. Each has a gift, and we've received that gift for what? To use it to serve one another. What good is a gift 
if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't receive, open, and use it. I am reflecting on a Christmas gift that I received from my older sister, my very wise and wonderful sister. It was my senior year of high school, and Linda, my sister, gave me a thesaurus. Woo! Oh boy, was, I was not excited at all. I mean, a thesaurus. By the way, for any of you who were born, say, after 1990, it was a reference volume. It was a book full of synonyms. You know, who owns a thesaurus today? We just Google it, right? What's another word for? That's what a thesaurus is. And I was probably less than grateful at that particular gathering of our family at Christmas. But when I went to college my freshman year and had a professor that made me rewrite and rewrite and rewrite particular projects, research projects, that thesaurus became a very special gift. There's times that we may not necessarily see the benefit of the gift initially, but once we open and begin to use and discover how that gift can benefit and serve others, we can find it's of great value. Great value. You know, there's the misnomer that, that the pastor or your pastoral staff, they're hired. You know, they, let me just put it this way. For years I said, listen, I'm paid to be good. The rest of you are good for nothing. But there really is some truth to that. This whole idea of the professional staff, the pastor, clergy, and the laity or the lay people. We're up here doing our thing. We're working and you just kind of lay around out there. And, and really, sometimes that whole idea where this is something of the theater and we have spectators and we come and we observe on Sunday morning, it's, it's meant to be more than that. It's meant to engage and involve you in the process of being a co-laborer. So, here's another, here's another wonderful verse. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. I love this. This is oftentimes referred to as the five-fold ministry, uh, spiritual gifting. And he gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Now, we could break that down a little bit. We say that apostles, we know that the 12 were the apostles. Jesus, Jesus gathered the 12 and equipped them. But today, there would be really our missionaries and the prophets, those who have a, a strong gift for foretelling the truth. Prophets oftentimes have a real strong message. It's not as well received and then we have evangelists who have the natural God-given ability to reach lost people with their message and their ways. And the shepherd is that person who is the caregiving pastor who leads and guides and directs. And then teachers. Teachers who take things that were not easily understood and make it more palatable and help us apply those principles to our life. For what reason? To equip. Your pastoral staff are not here to do the job of ministry. They're to do the equipping of the ministry, to equip the church. 
the saints, the lay people. You know that when you receive Christ, the righteousness of Jesus is upon you. You're a saint. You can say it. I'm a saint. Say it. I'm a saint. Being equipped as a saint for what? The work of ministry. And then the beautiful part of it, for building up the body of Christ, for edifying, for strengthening the community of faith. And when the community of faith is healthy, when we're functioning, when we're firing in all all cylinders, we are a force to contend with. We help transform culture. We disperse darkness. Chaos is out of here, and people see there's power in Jesus. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? There's power in Jesus. I I want you to watch a very brief video because I I want this to illustrate how chaos is all around us. But watch this video and see how we can thrive through serving. difference it can make when we learn how to serve one another. Amen? The next part of that verse right there, you saw the chaos in the beginning of that, and you saw how even the countenance changed. You know when someone greets you in, in Jesus' name and ministers to you in some way, you know, your countenance can change like that. I love that little video. Look at verse 10 again. We see that we have gifts to serve one another. And then it says, as good stewards of the, God's varied grace. Steward. Do you recognize your responsibility as a steward? I've said this morning, and Scripture says more importantly, that each has a gift. We're to use the gift to serve one another. We're to be stewards of God's gift to us. Are you being the kind of steward He wants you to be? And what is a steward? A steward is a manager of someone else's property, essentially. I, um, I think it was my high school job. I, I mean, I, I had a job working as a kid before that, but when we, we were uh, living in Palm Beach Gardens and there was a Publix close by, and I went to get a summer job, started out bagging groceries, but... I was shortly moved into the produce department. I was essentially, you know, a high school kid. I was the produce department night manager. Or maybe more specifically, I was the produce assistant 
to the produce manager or whatever. I didn't have anyone that I actually oversaw. I put the vegetables and fruits away at night back in the cooler and made sure the floor was clean so when they came in the morning, they could put them back out again. But I was a steward of that job. I was managing someone else's property. Speaking of Publix, do you by chance happen to know their motto? Let me start. Where? Where shopping is a pleasure. You know, that's fine as, as we are um, in the grocery industry, the grocery business. But there is uh, some warning here this morning, some danger when we look at our places of worship and our, our churches for how it benefits us, how we find pleasure. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy the ministry of this fellowship. And we have many gifted people serving. And you can say, I love my church. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes consumer, conspicuously consumer-driven, that's where it can be dangerous because it's sometimes far too easy to sit and be a spectator. And if we constantly are receiving and receiving and receiving, it makes us shallow showgoers. It doesn't equip us. We're not, we're not making or taking advantage of the gifts that God has provided us with and being those stewards where we learn to serve one another. As I said earlier, my objective today is to move us further down the road. So, like Publix, great churches attract consumers. But we want to be serving and becoming healthier all the time. Look at verse 11 with me here where it says, basically, it's not in our strength. Verse 11 Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. By the strength God supplies. It's not in our own abilities. Being here this morning as a guest, uh, I certainly don't want to wear out my welcome, but you could say, well, Grant, essentially you're, you're kind of calling some of us out here this morning. You're, you're saying lay people are possibly lazy people. Please understand, my desire is to help you understand that when you recognize your gifting and when you begin to discover that use within the context of the faith community and deploy that gift, you'll find great fulfillment Great satisfaction. Amen? Great satisfaction. I, um, I'm, I'm bringing the point up again. And the other thing is, I didn't, I didn't choose this text. It was assigned. But that's what just jumped off the page to me. I also happen to know that there is recently an initiative to um, inventory Pathway Church. How many of you participated? Can you say you participated in the survey? So uh, it appears about 50%. Survey says Parento principle. Anyone familiar with that term? That phrase, the Parento principle? It's also commonly known as the 80-20 rule. 
in institutions, 80% of the labor and the work that is done is done by 20% of a labor force. That's something of the survey results. So, I get to be the bearer of that great news. I want to challenge you again to understand when we're functioning within that calling and that gifting, we are experiencing the fullness of God's pleasure and His desire to work in and through us. His strength in us. Again, uh, here's a wonderful passage in Zechariah. Look at this text, if you will. Zechariah 4, 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. You can say that one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, he says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. In other words, it's through his strength, might and power, we could, we could see where it is based in our life experience or our past training, our credentials, our personality skills, our people, whatever. It's not. It says, but by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So if you are here this morning and you hear me saying, you have a gift, you're to use that gift to serve others, to be a steward of that gift, but you're saying, I, I'm just a little apprehensive. I, I don't know that I want to explore that. We want you to have that liberty to say, I'd like to explore and try something. But know that God's the one who gives you strength to do the serving. The other passage here is in Philippians, where Paul is writing the church at Philippi, verse 2 and 13, where he says, For it is God who works in you, I'm going to have to read it from this screen. For it is God who works in you both to will, to work for His good pleasure. God's Spirit in you for His good pleasure. You know, I, I'm really interested in pleasing those who I love. And when I can do a project around the house and do something that pleases my wife, bringing her good pleasure... I am pleased as well. I think that when we are functioning as we are created, serving one another in His power, it brings Him pleasure. And that brings us to verse 11, second portion here, the fourth truth for the glory of God. See what it says here? It says, in order that in everything God may be glorified. To bring God glory. You may already be serving. I trust that you are. At the same time, I want to encourage you to help create a climate here at Pathway where others may feel welcome to explore a possible serving opportunity. 2 Timothy 1.6 tells us that we are to fan into flame the gift of God. I believe that we combat the chaos in our world. At least one way we note combating chaos is when we realize who we are and whose we are, functioning in our calling and the gifting that He has supernaturally endued us with. 
so that we are making a transformational impact in culture. I want to just close with this. Do you know what it means when a preacher says, close with this? Absolutely nothing. Because <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going I'm to wrap with this right here. I'm going to say that as we combat the chaos, as we learn to serve within our gifts and our calling, we serve in the church, through the church, and beyond the church. We serve in the church. There are so many opportunities on this campus to be a servant to one another. And simply someone serving in the cafe, someone who helps set up um, the chairs, someone who welcomes you as you come through the doors of, from the parking lot. I mean, I recall driving into the parking lot last winter and someone smiling and waving. You know what? It just set the stage for what happened the rest of the morning. And you may say, well, they're just a parking lot attendant. A parking lot attendant can have a significant impact when they're functioning in their gifting. So, are you serving in the church? I want to challenge you and encourage you to consider where you may serve in the church. And then we have the opportunity. Here's just a great example right here to my left. You're right of how we serve through the church. Franklin Graham's ministry organization, a parachurch organization that Pathway is linked with, and you have that opportunity to send and make Christmas and share the gospel with children around the globe. That's through the church. But here's what I want you to really grasp. God doesn't equip you just so you can serve here, but beyond the church. When you're understanding that gifting, it doesn't stop when you leave this campus, but beyond. Your gifting can impact that Thanksgiving table when your family is gathered Thursday. That gifting can impact the place where God has you working. You think you're there just because you applied? Nothing's a coincidence with God. Where you're serving in your employment, where your neighbors need to hear good news and have people that are willing to serve them. They'll know we're believers because of our love as we serve our neighbors. Just add beyond and beyond and beyond. God, God is glorified when we are functioning in our God-given gifts. Amen? Well, are you a consumer? It's all right if you are because the culture certainly created that whole context. We, we all are consumers to an extent, but hopefully here in our faith community, we're going to get in the game and be a part of the kingdom co-laboring with every gifted member of this fellowship. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. As the worship team's coming, lead us here in our response time this morning. I just want to leave you with this. If you're that individual or individuals that possibly came this morning and you have not crossed over from death to life, you do not know Jesus, I want you to know that the Creator who knows you best, knows you most, has an incredible plan for your life. He doesn't ask us to be miserable. He asks us to be fulfilled in our life. And if you're wondering today when and why 
Let me just challenge you today that today is the day of salvation. Run to him. If you're here this morning and you can say, I do fit that category, Grant. I've been more of a consumer. I've come and I've been a spectator. But I think that there's opportunity and time for me to explore. Would you take the next step at least and pray that God would help you in that process? There's several things that we have here as far as the next step. Some responses. I'm excited that Pastor is going to be going into a spiritual gift teaching. If you want to get a little jump on the pastor and let him know that you've been doing a little study, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, go to Romans chapter 12, go to Ephesians chapter 4, where there's lists of spiritual gifts and help understand a little more of where we're going. But would you take the next step this morning to say, I want to engage, I want to get into the game, I want to experience what Grant's talking about this morning and knowing the fullness of Christ in me, and I want to bring glory to God. Amen. Amen. Maybe you want to talk to God and hear from Him about that. The altars are open this morning, but let's go ahead and stand and respond to what we've just heard. And as the Spirit's leading, let's respond to the Spirit of God in this moment respond to Jesus. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand No fear in death.
is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. perfectly and so we say thank you lord this five days before thanksgiving we say thank you we say thank you lord for who you are and what you're doing and we say lord we are yours we are like clay in your hands and show us lord show us our gift show us where it is we're supposed to to serve and to love you and to love others thank you for this timely message today lord we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. We're going to let uh, 
Grant and Jennifer, you guys go on out. They're going to go to the lobby and just encourage you guys to go out into the lobby and greet them as you leave today. Also, if you're a visitor or you're, you're, you've been only here maybe a couple times, visit our Welcome Center out there. Please do that. You can learn more about us, and we can learn more about you in a non-threatening way, and it's just wonderful. And you'll get a gift. Uh, speaking of gift, you'll get a gift. Not that one. But uh, God bless you guys. Now go be the church.